Hi guys, it's Amanda and you are listening to The Amanda Ferguson Show. This podcast is all about building a Christ-centered life, family, and business. So do me a favor, get you a nice cup of coffee or tea, get a cozy spot, and let's chat. The other day, I was watching my oldest daughter play. And our oldest daughter's name is Hannah. She's five. And she's a little bit of a perfectionist like her mom, which, you know, is a strength. And at times it can be a weakness because we are all about perfection. And she was building these blocks and she had her dolls and she had this whole concoction set up. But when you have a four-year-old and two-year-old sister, then you can only imagine that they were ready to destroy her concoction. As she sat on the floor, very upset and discouraged and wanted to cry, I looked at her and I said, Hannah, can I tell you something? The same way you built before, you can build again. Many of you are listening to me now and you're kind of looking at the ruins of your life. Many of you have gone through many things that I have. You are listening to a woman who went through extreme sexual abuse from her youth pastor. You're listening to a lady who remembers eating cornbread for dinner, not because she wanted to, but because that is all that her mother could afford. You're listening to a lady who would cry herself to sleep as a young girl, wondering why she didn't have that love and affirmation from her biological father. You're listening to a lady who has been through trauma, tragedies, and trials. But those are just fragments of the past. Those are just fragments of ruins that are left there. And can I be honest with you? When I was suicidal in 2007, it was because the enemy would whisper to me and say, you're not going to be anything. No one's going to love you. You are wasted goods. You're not going to be a great mother. Why, why would you dare dream? Can I tell you something? Those are all lies. Many of you are sitting there wondering, well, I see these other people with these great lives. I see these other people with these great marriages and families and businesses. And But what about me? I want to tell you once again, you can build again. And I'm going to, episode by episode, walk you through that building process of how I have decided to take ownership for my life and create the dream life that I've wanted. If you've never heard of me before, my name is Amanda Ferguson, and I'm married to the most amazing husband and three beautiful daughters. I'm the mom of three beautiful daughters and I've been blessed to build a six-figure etiquette and consulting business. But can I be honest with you? It has not always been easy. I have had to undergo so many obstacles and so many just hard places. But this episode is about identifying how obstacles truly turn into opportunities. The year now is 2019, but let me take you back to 2011. In 2011, I became a flight attendant and basically I was living my best life. I was traveling everywhere. I was going everywhere and just doing all the things that made me happy. 
I was only making $2,000 a month. So, you know, I wasn't making very much money, but I was 25. I was still living at home. So I figured, hey, you know, let me just live my best life. I mean, why think too much far in advance? Let's just live the life for the moment. Until my mom got deathly ill with breast cancer. Two years before that, she had gotten diagnosed with breast cancer and she went through the chemo and all that good stuff and it left, but it came back. And in 2011, it came back very aggressively. I remember the day that I was at the airport when I got a call from my sister and she said, mom's not doing well. And I know my sister and I know that tone. You know how when someone calls you and they speak in a certain tone and you're like, Oh no, what's happening? Prior to this moment, I had never even taken a day off work. I had never called in sick. And I was still kind of in that probationary period where you couldn't really take off yet. But in that moment, hearing my sister's voice, I knew that I needed to fly back home right that moment. At the time, I was in Atlanta, and we still lived in Memphis, Tennessee, so I called in, and I said, hey, I need to fly out right now. I need to go home to my mom. When I got to my sister's house, I was so sad to see what I saw. My mom had recently gotten a blood transfusion and she went from, you know, kind of dealing with breast cancer, still being sick, but able to drive to literally eating baby food. Devastating is an understatement. If you've ever watched somebody slowly deteriorate, it is the most painful experience to ever experience. I began to see my mom not only eat baby food, but Someone had to help her use the bathroom, bathe her, and she lost all of her independence. I cried every single day. Now, of course, since I was still a flight attendant, you know, I kept calling off work because the thought of me being in another state and my mother passing away was just, I just couldn't handle that because the doctors had only given her two months to live. And I had to make the decision. Would I go back to work? I mean, I still had some bills. I had a car note. I had a phone bill. I had insurance. I, I still had things that I needed to pay and just everyday life things. Or would I stay with my mother? That was an easy decision to make. I definitely decided to stay at home with my mom. So from September until November, I stayed at home and I didn't go to work course that meant two months of bills accumulating it was rough emotionally physically I lost so much weight I literally got down to barely I couldn't even really fit a size zero it's almost like I was grieving before she had even passed away yet because I knew that it was only a matter of days before she would be gone and she also told me as well that she wouldn't be around long I saw her mind begin to leave her. She started losing her memory about certain people. There would be certain people that would come visit her and she couldn't remember their name. Ugh, the process. Even talking about it now just brings tears to my eyes because I'm sitting here just reliving those devastating months 
of not knowing what the future held and also knowing that the person that birthed me into this world was slipping out of my hands. I remember Thanksgiving Day in 2011. I had a long conversation with my mother and at this point I was so emotionally drained, physically drained, everything was drained that I decided to go and stay at a fellow church member's home that night. That night I slept all night. That next day was a Friday and I slept all day that Friday. I just I was just so exhausted. Around 5 a.m. on Saturday morning, I got that dreaded call. My sister said, get to my house now. I already knew what was happening. The whole ride there, I began to pray. I began to cry. I walked into my sister's house, and I saw my mother laying there. And I went over, and everyone that was at the house began to look at me. And I went over to her, and I held her hand. She had already passed away, but her body was still warm. I looked at everybody as they shook their heads, as if to say, I'm sorry, she's gone. I screamed. I laid in the floor in the fetal position. I began to feel like I had to vomit. I tried to run out of the house. I felt like I just couldn't breathe. It was an awful moment. Even now, it makes me cry just to think about it. That was the beginning of the first day that I would be without my mother for the rest of my life. Now, of course, that day forever shaped my life. You'll have to excuse me because even now, I'm getting extremely teary-eyed. But I want to let you know that that moment shaped my life and it changed my life. And it also made me begin to take ownership and say, what legacy do I want to leave for my children? Now, I can be honest with you. Those first few weeks after she passed away, I thought, I can't do this. Maybe I should just go and be with her. It was hard to sleep. It was hard to eat. It was hard to think. And I still had those bill collectors calling my phone. But I remember thinking, hmm, I can't just wallow in defeat. She wouldn't want that. I began to think, there must be something more to this. I can be honest and say, I felt like a little part of me died that day. But as I'm talking now, I realize that a part of me came alive as well. And that was the beginning of me starting to realize the power of having some other type of income that wasn't solely based on a job that I had to show up and work every single day. That was the beginning of thinking, hmm, maybe I need something extra on the side. That was the beginning of me wondering, was there more out there for me? The hardest thing about grief is grieving when you're also financially stressed. Now, my mom was very responsible, so she had life insurance, but let me be real. The life insurance was enough to catch up on my bills, you know, get some food, and 
that was pretty much it. And cover the thousands of dollars of funeral expenses. And once again, I was back down to zero. A few weeks later, I went back to work. And I would be on the plane serving Cokes, peanuts, asking if you needed a beverage. And I would have to take a break and go to the bathroom or the lavatory, known on the airplane, and just cry. I was grieving so terribly. And I still began to say, what if there was something else that I had lined up that would have been able to give me some type of financial security? But once again, I got back into the groove of working and I just kind of let it go. The next year, my husband and I married, which he has been one of the greatest gifts, the greatest gift after salvation. And we began our our journey of really building our marriage and a year later got pregnant with our first daughter and began to just really enjoy ourselves. But there was still this burning desire in me to do something else. You know, I've always kind of had this feeling like, hmm, there are people out here that are very successful, that, you know, have an abundance. And I believe that if we're, you know, God's children, then we should be able to walk in abundance as well. So I started out trying to figure out what I could do to bring in extra money. And let me tell you this, I tried many things. Oh yeah, I'll save that for a later episode, but I tried many things. Finally, what I really realized that I wanted to do was something that I had buried deep down within me as a teenager. What I really wanted to do was to become an etiquette expert. So, and finally, in 2013, I set out for my first certification. But if you know anything about me, I just believe in a high level of excellence. And the certification was online, and it just didn't seem comprehensive, and it just didn't seem that great. And whatever I'm a part of, it needs to be the best. Because I honestly just really want to feel good about it. And if it's going to be a business, I want to make sure that I demand for myself a high level of excellence. So in 2016, I decided to go for another certification. But only issue with that was I was pregnant. And not just pregnant, but sick and pregnant. This was 2016. I was throwing up all of the time. I was nauseous all of the time. So I didn't get four weeks pregnant. I remember calling the doctor begging to just please let me in early to just get some type of nausea medicine. It was awful. And so I kept telling myself, hmm, once I get past this pregnancy, then I'll really get, I'll really start my business. Well, after that nine months pregnancy, I had my baby and I had all my meetings lined up to meet with my um, kind of companies that I wanted to consult with and all that good stuff. Now, after a terrible nine month pregnancy, I knew that I was going to get right back into the field of my business. So I said, "Okay, well, my daughter turns two months old. Here we go. I'll give myself two months and I'll be out. Two months came and guess what happened? My daughter refused to take a bottle. I was like, listen, you've been in my stomach for nine months. Like, come on, it is my time to shine and I need to go back out here into the corporate world and do what I really want to do. And again, 
I was faced with this decision. Would I go out into the corporate world and be anxious about my daughter who wouldn't take a bottle? Or would I just stay at home and be a stay-at-home mom as I had done before? (sighs) Now, of course, my child meant way more to me than a business. But I am a thinker, and I don't like these either-or scenarios. You know, when people come to me, I always think, hmm, how is there a way to do both? And so my husband had the idea for me to go online. And I began to say, oh, no, I am not doing online classes. I want people to see my face, touch me, hug me. I'm a people person. You can't pay me to go online. So he said, okay, you should do it. It's a great idea. I said, Psh, no, what are you talking about? She'll take a bottle. You just wait. Finally, she did take a bottle for a couple of weeks. And when I mean a couple of weeks, I mean a couple of weeks. And after that, she was done. And I nursed her exclusively for 15 months. About five months into me nursing her, my husband again said, hey, you need to go online. And I was like, ugh, okay, maybe I'll try this thing out. I was just like, why in the world would I go online? Why would people pay me to go online when they can pay me in person? And so I tested it out. And literally within 18 months, I built a six-figure business online. Oftentimes, we talk a lot about our obstacles, but I wholeheartedly believe that obstacles are just opportunities for God's glory to be revealed. These two defining moments in my life shaped the trajectory of my entire life, my family, my business. It has provided me a freedom that I didn't know that I had. So I want to ask you a question. Many of you are kind of down in despair. You talk a lot about your obstacles and you talk a lot about your trials. But could I offer you a different perspective? Could I offer you a perspective that maybe God is trying to get your attention? When I research a lot of successful people, they all started from some type of calamity, some type of frustration, some type of problem, some type of obstacle. Though I am not happy about the things that I endured, whether that was my mom dying and me finally starting to think, hmm, I hated not being able to make money during that time. Or if it was me loving staying home with my daughter and realizing, well, if I can't show up in the corporate world, then I'll go to them online. Not only have I built a six-figure business, but I've literally helped change lives help marriages, and really show other business owners how to make money online. It's been a beautiful, beautiful journey. I hope this is kind of getting your mind going and your gears going, and I'll stop here from now. But just want to let you know that we have an amazing season lined up. I can't promise you, you won't cry, (laughs) but we'll have some crying, we'll have some laughing, but we'll also have strategy because this podcast is all about living a Christ-centered life. Talk soon. Bye.